A priest, his brother, and a married guy walk into a podcast to discover the deepest truths of our day. If you're a seeker of ancient wisdom, interdimensional museums, and the Baltimore Catechism, then this is not the show for you. You're listening to the Untitled Catholic Podcast. And it starts right now. Episode 42 of the Untitled Catholic Podcast. Back at it again with the white vans. Remember that? No. White van? White white minivan? No, what's that? Uh, um, damn, Daniel. Back at it again with the white vans. Remember that YouTube video? Vine or whatever it was? I missed that one. Nope. I don't know what you're talking about. You guys are old. Really old. Because that sounds like it's probably an older vine. Maybe I have iridocyclitis. <laughs> That's the greatest vine. So the last episode, we caught up on my life, but... I feel like we have to catch up on your lives now. No There's not one. really much to catch up on. Well, I mean, it's been like a six months since we have done consistent episodes. Yeah. Has it really been that long? I don't know about six months, but... Four? Four. Maybe four months. Four that we... Yes, definitely four. We essentially took the summer off. Basically, yes. And some. And yeah, yeah se- summer and September off. Yeah, but we're back at it again with the white vans. Here I go again on my own. With a, a renewed sense of fervor and zeal, I might say. Yes, amen to that. That's just so, lighting a lighter. Speaking of that, Nolan, what is new in your world? Um. Wow, what is new in my world? Uh, <laughs> what is it? I'm new just, in just world? drank something gross. <laughs> That's what's new in my world. <laughs> Can we just have a normal drink while we do these episodes, guys? Does it always have to be something weird? Yeah, why can't we just drink water on these? I'm drinking kombucha, and there was like a little bit of crust at the bottom. Oh, <laughs> sick. Mushroom is, crust. Uh, I, I, will, I will answer your question, Justin, but shout out to Father Rob, who uh, sent us a picture of himself drinking kombucha the other day. Yeah, right? he was drinking turmeric. I don't know if I could do that. You know, a funny story. Someone, I was on my computer and someone was sitting next to me and that text came up. And someone was like, (laughs) the guy was like, do your friends just send you pictures of kombucha? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. And then you said, I don't have any friends. I said, well, actually, and then I didn't say anything after that. It's a good (laughs) way to end it. But, um, I'm good. Cool uh, story, bro. Yeah. That's all you need to know. I'm good. No, I'm the. I'm good. I'm, you know, as I don't even know if we ever talked about my new position. We which did. I'm now, I'm now three uh, months into. Um, it's challenging. It's exciting. It's been blessed. It's been stressed. It's been all those things wrapped into one. And um, but uh, um, I'm I'm happy where I'm at. And uh, most importantly. Um, you know, I got I got the fam. I got the fam still. So and uh, um, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about all our our Halloween episodes that we did in the past, and and the costumes that that people have worn. Um, and obviously, <laughs> Halloween just passed. It's it's fresh in my mind. So I'll say that ha- Halloween was was spectacular this year. We got a, a quite um, quite the return of candy from trick or treating this year. What was uh, the Reynolds family? I'll, I'll let you guess. Paw Patrol? Uh, 
<laughs> no. Come on, man. That was so two years ago. Marvel. I think I would assume one yes. of your sons did a Marvel thing. They both did. One was Iron Man and one was Spider-Man. Mm, and, that's good. And, and, and Justin has two um, Iron Man masks, both of which went missing the day no, before I don't. Halloween. No, I don't. Um, you're right, because they went missing, so. <laughs> nope. Justin, you'd, you'd be a dangatang. You'd be a dangatang. Where, where, did you where dress you... up, Justin? No, I, I worked on, actually I did. I worked on Halloween, but the weekend before, uh, shout out to Ryan, who has been a, uh, guest on the podcast, guitar player for Icondolo. He had a little get-together, so Megan and I went as Jack and Rebecca from This Is Us. Oh, that's sweet. So I just wore a uh, giant mustache. I've never seen an episode, so I couldn't, I couldn't Well, you're missing you. out, Nolan. Apparently. It's a, it's a great I show. don't think you are. And Father Sean, you had multiple costumes. Yes, I was two people. For our Life Night Halloween party, which I have to say... Shout out to Tilo. She decked out the whole parish center to become a haunted house. And then How there was like a that take. That took hours. That took hours. I give her credit. That was my least favorite thing to do in youth ministry. Environment was prepare a haunted house. No, like specifically, my um, first youth ministry job. We used to prepare a haunted house um, for uh, like a Knights of Columbus Halloween party. That was attended by a lot of families in the parish, and it was my least favorite night of the year. Look at that. Well, if for and those I like Halloween for the most part. There was one room that was a whole Stranger Things theme, because although Stranger Things is a great show, Tilo's late to the party. so <laughs> She's like super into it and wants to talk about it now. <laughs> Even though watched. it's like been out for two years now. Um, I still uh, haven't seen the second season. Well... There's there has something to do with vines, not the ones that you were mentioning before, like iridocyclitis. Do for the vine. Um, so you you know you've seen season two, right, Nolan? It's both fresh and familiar. Yes. Um. So the all the remember the drawings that Will makes. La, yes. la, la, I'm gonna take my earbuds out. Okay. He so, still didn't watch it. <laughs> no, he still didn't watch it. That's preposterous. So, Tilo and I, along with a few other people, uh, basically recreated that i spent hours coloring those things in it was great that's that's pretty cool it was amazing so she was 11 for that and i was a hipster priest so i wore my you could you could put your yeah how do we let justin know it's it's safe now you can um i'm back all right so i was a hipster priest so i wore uh my skinny jeans I had my, my clerical shirt untucked. I wore my, my thick-rimmed glasses, and I put a beanie on. That's fantastic. And then for the school, I was John Wick from Fortnite, and Tilo was still 11. So our mom told me a story that John Wick's the assassin. I mean, the movie John Wick, it's Keanu Reeves. He's an assassin. And I learned about a meme from a bunch of the kids. Because apparently they all get emails saying, John Wick needs your help. Give us your credit card information. <laughs> so I picked up on that from one of the kids. And then when I went to another table, I was like, John Wick needs your help. Give me your credit card information. And they all went nuts. But I came in and kids started going crazy. Then I started doing some of the Fortnite dances and they were going even more nuts. 
Do you actually play Fortnite? I played twice. I, okay. I played. It was one day. I downloaded it. I played once. I died in the storm, and I played again, and I got shot because all I could find was the hoe. I couldn't find a gun. So, so you played enough to understand the references that kids make. Uh, no, I did not play enough to understand any of the references. Really? Yeah. I, but I, you I attempted died. to play to understand the references. Yes, and then I just started letting them teach me the references, and I just found if they tell you dance like this and you do it, then you're just excited as if I would have just come in and just did it on my own. Gotcha. You're like a circus clown. Mm-hmm. It's now all this- part of my I – once, I once ate 13 – Graham crackers in two minutes to try to convince a girl to come back to youth uh, life night. Did it work? It did. Does she go to mass now? She already went to mass. I didn't have to worry about that. Well, well that's the new evangelization right there. Yeah, that, There it is in a nutshell. Eating graham crackers. Have you been to any priest conferences, Father Sean? Yeah, last week. How was I, it? I, I'm, I'm actually, I can actually verify these priest conferences now because I usually hear about them. So. Yeah, like, it was, I'll know it was actually... I don't know if it's a real one or not. It was really good. It was actually two weeks ago. It was really, really good. Shout out to Monsignor Fink, who uh, basically told us to be better at life. That's really great to hear. I like that. Have there been, uh, forgive me for my ignorance, but have the holy hours returned to the seminary? Uh, kind of. I would, I would answer that question with a no. The holy hours for vocations, as were constituted in the past, are not. The, there is the Quo Vadis Holy Hour, which is kind of, I think it's confusing people because it's kind of like taking the place of, of uh, you know, what people, you know, want and, and desire in like a monthly holy hour at the seminary. Um, but it's, it's a little different. Have they been going well, though? We've only had one. It's not, it's not monthly. It's not like a regular thing. Oh, it's, The okay, next one is gotcha. on November 30th. So the first one was in September. Um, the next one's November 30th, um, and we're building towards um, possibly something to fill that need of like a monthly holy hour for youth groups and stuff like that. So is that, Nolan, the stressful part that just kind of, I guess, uh, trying to implement new things and seeing what works, seeing what doesn't, and just kind of keeping a pulse on everything? Yeah, I mean, I think just this, the part of the stress comes from just it being new and me learning how things work and people's expectations and um, the fact that there's a lot of different expectations, you know, more so than anything specific. It's just that kind of stuff. Um, Yeah. What are the blessed parts? Um, Just like, you know, moments that I've had where we've put something together and, and there's there's been some people that have been super supportive and um, gathering with like youth ministers and just making connections and some really exciting possibilities for youth ministry that could be happening in different places and seeing how things are working in other um, parts of the country and the possibility of bringing them here uh, so those kinds of things and using Father Sean's parish as a uh the model, right, Father Sean? I don't know. You'd have to ask Nolan that. St. <laughs> <laughs> Pat's Life Teen would be one of my first go-to parishes, for sure. Yeah. All I know is yesterday Nolan and I are, were working together on a possible youth ministry situation 
um, at a specific parish that will go nameless for now. And as I was thinking about it, I was like, this is really cool because this is like, um, I don't know. It's cool. To, it's fun to be able to work with Nolan to a certain extent. Um, because we're not like working together in the sense that like we're, you know, both in the same office, but calling him up and being like, what do you think about this? And having him be like, oh, that's good. I think this, this, and this. And then now we're working together to help set up a program at another parish, which I think is pretty cool. There's and like, that's, that's the part I love about the job. Yeah. I, cause I know like him, we think the same about youth ministry. And, and, not, and, I think, and not in a bad way. No, absolutely. I think, and I think we're both open. I think we're both open enough to each other's ideas and to other ideas as well, um, like in a healthy way. But um, and willing to willing to work together. And I, you know, I never have to worry about um, you know just like a, a jaded criticism or anything like that. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I would hope not. You don't have to worry, Justin. It's, <laughs> it's all gravy. And then Father Sean has been talking about the importance of uh, the young adult community. Is it something that you've been growing since our uh, four-month hiatus? As he take, takes a giant swig of just yeah. regular water. So right now, um, Claire and Josh, shout out to baby Eli. Um you gotta tell a story of Baby Eli. Baby Eli is their, their Claire and Josh are her music ministers. They're married and they just had their first son, yeah, Elijah. You have, you have to tell about the first time that you. Oh, Elijah. so when I I went there to to see him, and I was they were like, "Do you want to hold him?" But I was nervous. But I said okay. And as I was holding him, within the first five minutes, he farted. <laughs> and then I knew that this was gonna be uh, a a good thing. <laughs> That's beautiful. Can I tell? Uh, can I tell one fart story? Go ahead, and then I'll con- we'll continue on this topic. Um, Megan's mother got married this past weekend, so congratulations to Marianne and Greg. Um, Neither of whom listen to this podcast. <laughs> but while at the mass, someone stood up and tooted, and it kind of sounded like a phone went off. <laughs> So then I saw someone turn around to like look at their to see if their phone went off, and then they just went oh, and then turned back around, and I almost had to leave from laughing. Hey. <laughs> and Josh and Claire were there, which is why I thought of it. So, well, there you go. Also, I took a five a.m. flight on Sunday, and at four a.m., walking through TSA pre-check, some guy just starts walking. He just hear, and he just says. <laughs> He just goes, oh, and then he just kept walking. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. I mean, what do you do? What do you, what do you do? There's, there's, there's no, there's nothing you could say. Yeah, to, you to, just laugh, but to he make that very loudly happen. said, oh, which I thought there was it hilarious. is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> whoop, there it is. So that one, <laughs> whoopee. Uh, I think I might say that if that ever happens to me. Whoop, there it is. <laughs> Oop, there it is. So when I was in the seminary, this one very, very smart and Catholic Jesuit was teaching a course. I was auditing. I don't know why I thought it was a good idea to audit a class. 
Um, I wasn't getting credit for it, so I, had, I eventually just stopped going. I told him I'm not going to come anymore. Uh, but there was for like the one part where he started class, and he was like, all right, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then he's like, so today we're going to – and he went – and then he just went, I'm sorry about that. And then kept, <laughs> kept teaching. And I, I, I was like, I buried my head in my desk. Because I was like, if you just farted and didn't say anything, that would be fine. I could have moved on. But the fact I, you're I, like, I, I'm sorry about that. I was going to say, I wish there was a way to convey to that person when that happens. Like, it's okay, man. Just pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> we both know it did. But, like, just just pretend it didn't happen. Because it's, it's cool. Like, I... That's what I would want to do. Like, I would want the freedom to pretend it didn't happen. I mean, yeah, or, or you start laughing, and then you just make it into a uh, joke. But to just say, yeah. I'm sorry about that, it doesn't work. No, I just love how we haven't done consistent episodes, and the only thing that we could find to talk about is fart stories. Because you're really not sorry about it. Oh, I'm not sorry. <laughs> like, like, let's be honest. Like, it was, it was an accident. You had no control over it. Right. I mean, unless you, unless you, unless you did have control over it and then immediately regretted your decision, like <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to let it rip. <laughs> I'll let it rip. You rip it, baby. Uh, you know what? Anyway. I thought I thought this was gonna come out okay, but you know what? Not second thought. It was a bad idea. I, I do apologize, everybody. Okay, well, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. Jeez. Oh man. Young adults in community. Yeah. There it is. So, Claire and Josh, who had baby Eli that farted in my arms, um, <laughs> they're helping rekindle our young adult group. One of our – so, Bridget McCormick, um, I don't, she's our friend, but I don't know if she's ever listened to the podcast. When I first got here, helped set something up, and she moved to Kentucky. And then um, the, the next person that kind of was running things was a girl named Anne-Marie, who's now Sister Maria Augustine with the Sisters of Life. So she's not around anymore. So after she left, it kind of like I didn't have anyone to help. And then I kind of felt like everybody that helped with it left after a year. So I didn't ask Tilo to help me because I was afraid then she would leave. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> now what we're doing is Claire and Josh, who own a home in Smithtown, are going to be hosting like young adult nights about I think I guess like maybe once a month for guys and for girls separate um, in their home and the reason why I bring that up is because I think when it comes to like you know we just have the synod on youth and I think with the church right these kind of things have to happen organically if we're forcing them if it's like I'm going to create a program that the young people are going to want to come to it's not going to work like, I'm young enough where, like, i technically still a young adult, so maybe it would work if I, if I did that because I would still have the same interest. But, like, if you think about it, like, a 70-year-old pastor is not going to be connected to a, the young community the same way the community is going to be connected, if that makes sense. So something organic, and I, and, and I think getting people out of the church not out of the church, meaning like, you know, they don't believe in the church's teachings anymore. But like the parish center here, it's like kind of smelly and it's not <laughs> that nice. So like when you have an event, like obviously youth ministry, you have to do that because you're, we have too many people to have it in somebody's house. And, right. you know, you have certain things, but like young adults who can drive themselves, who can pick up food for a group or something like that, getting them out of the 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 
like the restrictions of a parish and being able to go into someone's home, I think mm. fosters organic community. What do you have to say about that, Nolan? I agree 100%. I think there's a really, really great value in bringing um, t- together people in the home. Um, you and I have had conversations like this um, outside of the podcast, just talking about like, you know, the experience of like the, the early church and the house churches. I think there's really, there really is something to just simply gathering people together to be in, you know, a living room somewhere and just um, in community, but for prayer, you know, for the purposes of prayer. Um, like our faith is to be lived everywhere, not just, not just when our knees are bent, not just when we're um, at church in a church building, not just in our you know Catholic institutions, but like everywhere, our lives, our homes are to be Catholic institutions. You know, like our our lives are are to be lived always. You know, in that in that way. So there's an absolutely great value um, to to bringing people in the home and, and gathering like that. And 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 it should it should happen organically. It doesn't mean that you you can't you know initiate something. But um, it just has to be something simple, like coming. We're gonna, we're just gonna get together and pray. And and then now we have things like formed that have study programs and study mm-hmm. guides that you can watch on your laptop with a group of people, or everyone could watch it at home and then come together and just talk about it. Exactly. And and it's like you know it. <clears throat> I was so um, Claire and Josh had invited their family over, and then Father Rob and Father Lachlan. Father Lachlan couldn't go, so it was. Father Rob and I were the two representatives of the clergy there. And, you know, we're sitting around in a circle talking to each other. And he's like, this is this is religious education. This is a community um, that, like, you know, those kind of things happen organically. And I would say, like, for if there's somebody listening who wants to start a young adult community or feels like they don't have a community, just if you see somebody in church that's around your age, just go up to them and say, hey, listen, I'm thinking about doing something for young adults. Would you be interested? Don't be creepy about it. Yeah. And then just kind of meet with people and, and, and start setting things up. You know, go to go to like Fridays or something like that or Applebee's and hang out and just talk about things and start fostering community that way. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have like a r- really the right idea about you know, bringing events to like, um, you know, for young adults, at least for those, uh, you know, that are 21 and over, like, um, you know, around bars and restaurants and, um, you know, kind of public places. I think those are all awesome and good um, that they're happening. And it it speaks to what I was saying before about, you know, bringing bringing it outside of um, just the regular, you know, religion is for church experience. Um, at the same time, like it, it's, it can't. It, it, the, I like what you said about it not being like a, a program, not being an event, so to speak. But we're just coming together to pray. This is what we do. This is who we are as, as Catholics and Christians. And you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about it for for families as well. I think I'm thinking on every on every level. Not to get off topic, but um, just you know, uh, doing things like you know, praying the rosary together. Um, in somebody's home um, is, is important. What would you have to say about that? As someone who is in a place where there's probably, we live in Long, on Long Island where there's more Catholics than, than non-Catholic Christians, and you live in a place where there's more Christians than, than Catholics. 
I've, I've actually we've I've been talking about this with Megan, um, and it's starting to like be noticeable that we don't have that type of um, community, so to speak. We have I mean we have we have great community, but to just be able to do something as simple as like pray a rosary with people uh, or just have like a set group of people to go to mass with and then get dinner with after just kind of like little things we've kind of been talking about starting to foster something like that here uh, another thing is a lot of people they just complain or tend to complain that they don't have X Y and Z and I think it's up to us to form that kind of stuff so I mean, even two weekends ago, there was there's a there's a group of people that had just moved into a house, and then they invited everyone over to watch football and then go to mass after. And I think different things like that are slowly starting to become realistic. And I I think I, this is maybe the first time that I've kind of noticed that void. So try to figure out ways to fill said void. And I like like. Uh, my my big thing is always and and we've talked about this i think on the podcast too but my big thing is always like from a diocesan perspective right like, so nolan has this new position nolan and I, I think you would agree with me to a certain extent part of your job is to set things up in specific parishes it's not your job to provide youth ministry for the whole diocese that's, that's not that's not it doesn't work that way yeah, I mean that would that would that's totally my vision, and and that's not to say that that we don't plan events, that we don't put things together, opportunities for people, but the ultimate goal, whether it be for youth ministers, or rather for youth ministry or young adult ministry or college ministry, um, the the goal should be to encourage and foster and initiate things on the local level um ministry and evangelization and discipleship on the local level because that's where the, the most difference is going to be made and and i think when you have stuff that are events it plugs into what's already there so like i think mary has a lot of good ideas mary the director of young adult ministry for our diocese has a lot like she she has things planned in places where young adults hang out and she so, has an overall pulse on where young adults hang out. As a young adult herself. Yeah, which, um, which works well. Yeah, So, it, but it's like an event for, from like, uh, you know, they have like faith in football, which they'll have like a talk and then you watch the Thursday night game. That's something that's cool. Like that's something that people are interested in. Now, is it going to work when, when if it's just coming from the diocese and you're just sending an email to everybody that you can find – I don't think people are going to go unless they have a friend going. So if you can create pockets in certain places where there are people getting together and doing things and they can say, all right, well, we hang out together. So like the five of us will go and we'll do something. And then that becomes something that's more appealing. Then. Would you agree that, with that, Justin? Is that something that you would advertise in your parish? Well, right now, I don't. It All the stuff that they send out gets forwarded to our young adult email list but because we don't have anything set up right now i haven't specifically advertised it and it's often a lot of the events that they have are not things that i myself can go to so i haven't been to them not because i like think they're dumb or anything i just haven't had a chance to go to it so the the stuff that gets done now that i have claire and josh helping me they forward the emails of the things going on 
but because they just had a baby they haven't been able to go yet either so we're still figuring out how to plug into the to the larger diocesan stuff well and i think that's why it's important to do ministry on the local level because you can cater to the needs of you know um of the different of the local community and the people within that community um nobody's going to be more equipped to um to feed and to nourish the the faith of of sean or i should say of uh josh and and claire um father sean would be a part of the the nourishing and the part of the fostering i, would oh, I hope so um if he's not <laughs> get lost buddy yeah. um but um you know, but uh, whoever you know, the young adults, and nobody, and and they would know best. And so, you know, from a diocesan perspective, I think I, those are the kinds of things that I'm aware of, and I'm thinking of. And you know, when we do put things together, um, to try to offer a variety, and to try to offer, um, from a diocesan level, you know, keep in mind things like location, timing, um, different modes and methods uh that will you know speak to different people in different places um yeah that's that's my advice to that i i couldn't have said it better myself well what better way to end than right now well you have any final words nolan well you gave the final word so i'll just say god bless everyone who listened to this podcast You've been listening to the Untitled Catholic Podcast. See you next time.